Okay, Matt James, Bachelor, Episode 3. Welcome to Good People, Bad TV. I'm Scott. And I'm Alex. Crushed it. it. Perfect. <laughs> Beautiful. You guys, we're three weeks into this thing. I think we know a little bit more about Matt now, a little bit more about the ladies, feeling good. Starting to pick up steam. Yeah. The season's getting good. And you know, it's a quick, um, I guess, podcasting note for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have uh, the email set up now. So if you do have questions or comments or concerns you want to send our way, uh, it's goodpeoplebadtv at gmail.com. Simple um, enough. Yeah, please be nice. Or you can make fun of us. I won't tell Alex. Yeah, because it'll live within me forever and I'll <laughs> take it to the grave. <laughs> Fair Just enough. my anxiety about it. Yeah. Do you have as much anxiety as Sarah did when she fainted at the rose ceremony? Okay, no. I still don't know what that was about. Yeah, I don't either. I have a lot of Sarah thoughts. Yeah, do sure you? We'll, well, well, there was in... a lot of Sarah in this episode. Yeah, big Sarah episode. Big Sarah I, episode. I thought we had to address, though, these like odd openings we're getting to every episode. Okay, so I don't know who gives them feedback every year that we like the bloopers. Hmm. Like it just, it, they usually do it during women or men tell all. And they're always like, you want them? Here's bloopers. And I'm like, I don't care about the bloopers. Not even a little. And this show is not a, like, it's not a funny show. Like, you know what I mean? And they not take, intentionally. Yeah. And then they take like the only funny bloopery moments and put them at the beginning of the episode every week. Yeah. It's like this weird, like 30 second clip. Yeah, each time. Like, yeah. And this time we had the the donkeys interrupting the makeout session. Yeah, and I just I don't think I like it. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know what tone they're going for. No. Yeah, the tone is confusing. The season's good. I like the cast. I like. Oh, Matt. I agree. It's a great. But yeah, season. the tone is a little bit weird right now. Yeah, I just don't understand. Like, this isn't a cold open. This isn't The Office. Like the scene before the theme song that you have to right. show. Like, just give me the cold open of the picture of Matt with the rose petals falling slowly behind him that have clearly been CGI'd on, and say like, "Welcome to the Bachelor," and then go right into it. I don't need this blooper reel on the front end. I mean, if Matt did come in and like spill chili in front of everyone, <laughs> a la Kevin, Kevin from The Office. I mean, I would die laughing yeah but, you would uh, but yeah they're not like scripted cold opens they're like here's what's gonna happen on the episode that's kind of funny yeah and like and I just also don't... back to sarah fainting yeah <laughs> i don't know it is disorienting i don't like it abc please take our feedback and run with it <laughs> they are listening i know yeah. it rob yeah. mills he's he, tuning in every week he subscribes week. to one podcast <laughs> it is ours <laughs> he's decided to follow he's one of the 30 people who listen Woo-hoo. we but made yeah. it We're grateful for every single one of you 30, including you, Rob Mills. Okay. So we have the past the blooper that tells us who's going to be on the one-on-one date this week. We open up with going back to the rose ceremony. They play like the last 30 seconds of what we saw last week. And we get back to Sarah, like potentially almost fainting. Yes. What is happening here? Like, Sarah's having, like, I don't know. Like, is it a meltdown? Like, we're going from, like, great first impression, day one, second one-on-one date. Clearly went super well. Clearly went well. They had a good time. 
bonding emotionally, spiritually, physically, all the things. Great connection. And then we hit the rose ceremony and she's spiraling out of control. And that just continues all episode. Yeah, I and guess then we, we should put have that, seen it coming. Well, yeah, but then we put that against, well, like we get, on the one side, she's like a very sympathetic figure who like uh, has like quit her dream job to go home and take care of her dad who's going through ALS. And it's just this really tragic story, but has put that on hold to come on this show chase after true love all of this kind of is culminating and you can see in my head like in my head i can put it together like oh i understand why this the weight of all the stress is crushing sarah that makes sense in my head but now this week we've had all this other stuff come out about her that you're probably more familiar with than i am that make her yes. seem like more of a diabolical figure and i'm not really sure what i think yeah so we are Okay, sorry. All these things just started connecting in my head. So basically what we have here that's been uncovered on the internet is that the first thing that kind of came out was that she was pictured leaving a club with the rapper g Easy in March. It was like g Easy and Mystery Woman leave club. Well, she has since been identified as Sarah, who's on the show. So there was that that was circling. I made a great little TikTok about it. And then we had more rumors come out that she is basically the equivalent of a female Jed. So she was seeing oh, a guy from Hannah, from Hannah B's season. And so she was seeing a guy right until she left for filming. And then they started dating as soon as she got back or at least a month before filming, they were still like commenting on each other's stuff and all that. Um, she has pictures like there are pictures of both of them on a boat, like that they took clearly at the same time, but one has her in it. One has him in it, not them together, but like same place, same time, same day they posted. So that's what's going on with Sarah. So here's what I'm thinking is the date with Sarah and Matt, she got an early one-on-one, -on -one, which is a good sign. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the date went really well. Well, if she had this significant other back home and she pays attention to the show, even remotely at all, like if she makes it all the way to the end or really that much further with Matt and the boyfriend back home thing comes out, she doesn't want the like Jed villain situation. So if she leaves early enough, she, it like, it's already good signs for her going to the end. They clearly had a great connection or going towards the end. Like if this didn't happen today, I would have like put money on her being top five at least probably top four. Oh yeah I would have for sure yeah and you all know that I've been talking about the last couple episodes that she's my batch pick yeah like, so you were all in on Sarah I'm all in on Sarah for batch pick I do have new batch picks coming phew okay coming soon to a air airpod near you um <laughs> I will let you know but Trademark I think that that was good thank you so much so <laughs> I think she maybe saw the like impending doom and that's what was causing her like all of this stress. Now, do I doubt that part of it had to do with being away from her family and her father? And like, I think this year more than ever before has made us all really think about um, how little time we have left with the people we love, especially if they have a terminal illness and really making sure we don't take that for granted for um, sure. and care for people that we love well. Um, and so I'm sure that had 
part to do with it. Reality Steve has said, like, I don't know if I really buy that she quit her job to move home to take care of her dad. They live in San Diego. She's always pictured out in LA. I mean, they're not super far away from another one another. You can drive back and forth, but um, just kind of a, a strange thing. So is she playing it up? Like, I don't know now that she's off the show. I don't know if she'll be able to release a statement um, and when she will. Cause usually you have to wait until you are voted off or not voted off, but taken off the show um, to make any kind of public commentary. And so maybe she will, I haven't seen that she has yet. Um, I think the only thing I saw was that she posted something that said like real Queens fix each other's crowns. Mm. Um, that was maybe a shot at Victoria people thought, or just like all the women in general, but she hasn't talked about the boyfriend situation or anything else so that's what we know about sarah if you are not keeping up with the bachelor nation goss Mm, okay so we've got all that in the background yes let's go through the episode and we'll kind of trace sarah's trajectory here along with everything else that happened yes Mm -hmm. but yes i finish up from last week obviously victoria and marilyn were butting heads pre-rose ceremony marilyn goes home victoria stays and then we which I thought was kind mm-hmm. of shocking. And if I were Marilyn, I would have been caught very off guard if Matt gave me like an orchid 20 minutes before, not 20 minutes, but you know, within the night. And then all of a sudden, cause that was just last episode that he gave her the well, orchid. I mean, you can't give a woman two flowers in one night. I That's guess, ridiculous. but like if I were her, I would have been really caught off guard. Like he clearly said to her, I wanted to make sure you still felt special, even though you didn't get a rose this week, like, or did not get a rose. You didn't get a date this week here's an orchid and then an hour later at the rose ceremony not give her a rose yeah that's fair that was weird yeah i had not put that i don't know why i didn't think that um but yeah that makes no sense yeah it really Um, doesn't because he would unless those scenes were filmed out of order but they were wearing the same clothes like it was that same cocktail party party, so it had to be but yeah that hmm also victoria was the only one that they showed with a cut of her smiling while um, they were waiting for Matt to come back when um, him and Sarah were outside. Mm. So we got a cut of Victoria smiling. um, And then she like, so Marilyn goes home. Who else went home? Anybody else of note that you remember? Uh, Not really. Um, is it no one else who's like made a big impression thus far? Yeah, um, they really... I did enjoy Kayla's soundbite like coming back and she was like trying not to give a selfish soundbite. She's like, Look, I really hope everyone's okay, but I really want a rose and like I'm stressed that this is taking so long. Yeah, she's like, I don't mean to be a jerk, but I'm yeah. stressed out right now. Can we please come back and just finish this rose ceremony so I can go to bed? Yeah, don't know anything about Kayla's character yet, but she seems like a good time. I think she's a guaranteed bachelor in paradise. Or farther, I don't know. Like we, they haven't had a one-on-one yet, but they, yeah, but they had their their cool little back of the truck North Carolina moment. That's that true, night and I think they had a good bit of time on a group date. Was it this week or last yeah. week? Uh, last week. Uh, just hope he doesn't give her an orchid because apparently that means doom. Yeah, it is doom. Um. Okay. So anything else from that rose ceremony? Not really. Uh, yeah, just kind of tying up last episode and. Um, then Chris Harrison comes in the next day. We're going to have two group dates, one one-on-one. Um, 
And, but in this episode, we only get one group date and one one-on-one. We don't get to the second correct group date. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I also had a note that Marilyn on her exit interview says, so she's looking down and she's clearly very sad. She's been sent home and she goes, um, she's a really good actor and then looks up and makes direct eye contact with the camera and the rumor is, is that Victoria was like a hired actress to come in on the show and that she's like professionally trying to pursue being an actress and this. So when you're in the theater world, you really have to, like, you'll see a lot of people before they become famous actors on game shows or dating shows or things like that, because in order to get in the actor's union, you have to have a certain amount of TV or stage time. And so you'll see a lot of actors and actresses on reality shows. You'll see the Sandovals, they Sandoval and Jax, I think, um, were on Baggage, that uh, terrible game show. All these I've people. I've heard that. I have not seen that episode. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> I think both Toms were. Okay. And um, so you'll see that a lot. And so there's potential that maybe she came on as an actress specifically to get her SAG card or whatever it might be. And so actors guild. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Marilyn making direct eye contact with the camera when she said she's a good actor made me think like she was trying to say to producers, I'm on to you. And like, this is crap right before she left. That was me and my. Okay. So before this, you said there's rumors going around that Victoria is a, as an actor yeah are there actual or is this like in your brain <laughs> she's an actor well, or there's actual rumors on the internet there are this? actual okay. rumors on the internet that victoria <laughs> okay. is like a hired actress and that like that's why she's there and stirring drama and because a lot of people think she's a producer pick i think we can all agree that we haven't seen a ton of chemistry between her and matt um you know directly and she's ca- caused a lot of drama and that kind of thing so people think she's an actor that was like brought on not just like a crazy person. Gotcha. Yeah. So we spent a good bit of last, our last podcast trying to figure out like what her motivation or I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was being like, is she just acting? Is she trying to make a name for herself? Does she actually believe her own nonsense and that she is going to fall in love with Matt and live happily ever after, even though he doesn't seem to be into it at all? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, so I mean, I, I don't doubt that that happens, that they bring actors and actresses yeah. on this show. I mean, I, I don't want to think that, but it's probably <laughs> true. Um, is she one of them? Maybe. Unclear. I, I mean, we had like a complete 180 of the house with her this week. Yeah, it really it seemed like, like the women did not dislike her as much as they did last week. Yeah, because like if you, like on the group date, well, we're getting to that eventually, um, like you're like reading this like... Uh, like sex scene that you wrote in front of an audience. And like, if they really hated her, like they would have just gone crickets for her to make it really awkward. And, but they were laughing for it. And like hers was absurd and over the top, but they didn't like, they didn't make her feel bad about it. And then they were laughing at her other comments throughout the episode as well. Yeah. So what I think there was a um, scene from the show that wasn't aired, but they gave it to Victoria to post on social media um, of Victoria walking up to her room clearly during the last rose ceremony and saying like Marilyn put my stuff outside, like the room that they were both staying in, she put the luggage outside the room. And so it like, we saw that scene and it made me go like, Oh, once Marilyn left, like what's their truth to what Victoria was saying? 
And once Marilyn left, all the girls were like, and, and all the girls saw that Marilyn put her stuff outside of the room to be like, you're not my roommate anymore. Here's your crap. Like get out. And I don't know if that was the producer setting everybody's luggage outside to go snag or what it was, but it made me go like, Oh, was there some truth to that? That the girls like then saw through once Marilyn was gone and now like Victoria a little more. Oh, so Marilyn was, was the bad guy the whole time. Maybe. I don't this know for the, sure. This the, is the horror movie twist yeah, at the end. This is me. My <laughs> mind's really running, running wild with conspiracy theories this week. But I was going to say, we haven't even got to the group date or like what the show's actually about. We're just trying to figure out what's happening in the background. So yeah, I think, I think that's it. Yeah. That's what the people are here for. So. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm into it as well. <laughs> and I'm just like, has this show become more about that than the actual show? I don't know. Yeah. Me, I mean, I don't think so. I think we're getting back to like a more genuine casting and those kind of things. So I feel pretty good about it. But um, I guess we'll see as the season goes on. Okay. So the group date, I almost got everybody's names written down when they were reading them off the car, but I couldn't type fast enough. Okay. So here's most of the people that were on the group date. Rachel, Bree. Lauren, Kit, Serena C, Victoria, Caitlin, Anna, and Kaylee mm-hmm. or Kylie. I don't know uh, if it's I feel Kaylee like or said it both ways. I typed it Kylie like Jenner. So oh, it makes yeah, me it's not think spelled that word. I knew it wasn't, but I couldn't think through it. So it makes me think that it's pronounced Kylie because I just typed it as fast as I could. Okay. So and then potentially other people, unverified. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so um, they walk in to Ashley I, sans Jared, shocking, mm. reading an erotic short story from Chris oh, Harrison. Oh, not just any not short, short story. story. I feel like you buried the lead here big time. It's true. Okay, rewind. Take it back. They walk in to Ashley I, sans Jared, reading the erotic novel written by Chris Harrison and certainly not written by a ghostwriter. How dare you, first of all. <laughs> Chris Harrison is the author we need it's in true. these times. Uh, Chris Harrison, erotica, <laughs> getting women of Bachelor Nation through the pandemic. Oh, wow. I I hope he wrote it. I don't know. <laughs> so it's that was so like- bizarre. It's called The Perfect Letter. It's a romance novel. About, and like every Hallmark movie, your corporate woman who goes home to Texas to find the real love of her life. It was actually just um, a Hallmark movie fanfic from the internet that they pulled <laughs> and made into a book for Bachelor Nation. Gotcha. And or put Chris it, Harrison's name on it. See, I was reading the plot summary and I was like, is this an allegory for Chris Harrison's life, who's also moving to Texas? That's true, he is. Uh, but hopefully he isn't breaking up with. Lawrence Ema. I'm sure he'll be there plenty. So it'll be okay. Good. Um, Okay. So here are my thoughts. You truly could not have chosen a worse former member of Bachelor Nation to come in and be the one to read this erotic story. Shots fired. Okay. Ashley, I is a great host podcast host. I think she does like a good job in like the kind of entertainment weekly situation she's grown on me a lot yeah she definitely has grown on me her and jared both um but i like she's 
so awkward when it comes to like, or at least on the franchises has always been so awkward when it comes to like sexual stuff mm-hmm. that having her be the one to read this erotic novel was like just such a curious choice. I thought that was the me. point though, right? I mean, I guess maybe. I mean, it was awkward and that was, yeah, the entire thing was weird. I guess and it wasn't meant to be serious. It, no. And like beforehand, they were talking, well, Chris was like, I, Matt's told me he needs a bit of a push to get him out of his comfort zone, which I thought was weird. And then the group date was like, today's a surprise for everyone on the group date note. And then they show up to Chris's erotica. Yeah. And I don't know. Like they've, I mean, they've done stuff where you like have to write a song, even if you're not a singer and like stand and sing to the lead yeah. or something. Uh, but this was a new one. We haven't seen this before. And they always do some sort of like performative group date at the beginning. Like yes. with Hannah B's season, we had the Mr. Right pageant. And you can yes. call me Mr. Right girl. And then. Jed Will. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember on Claire's, I think it was like dodgeball because they like weren't really sure about an audience and the wrestling too with Tasha. Um, but this is their performative date. It I is. just. Did not think that Ashley. I, okay, so who would you have chosen? I've been. I knew you were going to ask me this. So I've been <laughs> thinking about it. I thought maybe Corinne would be a great choice. Okay. I think Corinne would be hysterical. Um, Chris Harrison himself, though maybe it would have gotten wow. too steamy. Um, but to have a private reading from Chris Harrison could have really gotten. Got wild. Gets the people going, as they say. Gets the people going, yes. So I don't I don't know. Did you have any picks since you put me on the spot? No, now that I put you on the spot, I'm realizing that to answer this question, I have to think about like which bachelor contestant I think like is the most comfortable with like just being really on front street with their sexuality. Well, that's why I picked and- Corinne. Like yeah, but that just feels like a weird thing for me to try to judge them on That's from a fair. distance. Fair. <laughs> Permission granted to not answer that question. Thank you. Okay, so we'll keep moving forward. So they all had to write <laughs> stories. Um, so did do we think Matt wrote his own story or did someone give it to him? And I bet he wrote his own. I mean, none of them were particularly like good. So I mean, I think they all kind of struggled through it together. Um, I don't know. And Brie kind of made fun of him later for being kind of like, you know, vanilla with it. Yeah. Uh, and I would have been. I mean, what else are you going to do? Yeah, that would be like weird. I yeah. think if you got too serious and you're like the lead. Right. And he's like the only guy doing it. Yeah. Too, so he has to be a little bit cautious, God. I guess. Yeah. So would you like me to read my stream of consciousness from the state? Oh, please. I can't wait. Okay. Um, I was I, just I trying wrote, to get past the fact that Chris Harrison wrote a romance novel. Also That's that, yeah. still in my head. But go um, ahead. And also we said erotic on this podcast more than I ever imagined we would ever say erotic on this podcast. So I think we have capped out on that term potentially forever. Hopefully. Okay. Okay. Here's my stream of consciousness. Did Matt write his own or did Chris's ghostwriter do it? <laughs> did Matt get a boner while reading this? Wow. Sorry. We'll put an explicit title on this. Anna did a great job, but she is a copywriter, so that makes sense. Brie is just the cool girl that I always want to be, but I'm not. Like, in my dreams, I look like and dress like Brie. She had this, like, really cute outfit on. She just has this, like, effortlessly cool 
energy that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, Brief interruption. Hard disagree from me again. Oh, really? No, you are the cool girl. Thank you. That's the disagreement. Oh, we'll continue. Ladies, what a nice boy. Man, my husband is man. Um, <laughs> then I wrote, I hope everyone brought their own MJ after this date. Then I wrote, is reading this in front of Chris like reading this in front of your father? Mm-hmm. Rachel's legs look like they are a thousand miles long. Anna truly looks like Hannah B. And if he picks her, that will give me like weird underlying does Matt have feelings for Hannah B energy, but he's caught in a love triangle with her and Tyler C. So I just, I don't think he picks Anna. Matt looks like he just wants Victoria's to end. Sarah is, um, oh, then I'm, I'm getting to something else the the after the date. Um, but after this, I have a new... New pick for Bachelorette. Oh, do you? I do. Do you have any thoughts on my thoughts? Thoughts for my thoughts. Thoughts for your thoughts? Is this NPR from Parks and Rec? Yes. <laughs> uh, do I have any thoughts? Well, uh, I didn't quite have that stream of consciousness. <laughs> um, yeah. We don't always think alike, which is crazy. No. What um, were your takeaways from the ladies reading? No, that sounds about right. I I don't know. I didn't know how to comment on this date. <laughs> I was just like, I mean, they're... Then thank they're, goodness they're, I took all these notes. Yeah, you, you crushed it. You're um, welcome. I thought it was weird that they... Like, Matt's story just, like, stopped. Like, he was, like, reading it, and then he read the line, hand didn't stop at her dress line, and then he sat down. Well, uh, like, obviously, they purpose. didn't end it. But it was just like, why did they choose to cut there? I don't I don't know. I don't know. Uh, And Victoria's was like super explicit. I didn't really write notes about that. Were you just trying to figure out what all the bleeps were? Is that what you were trying to do? Sort of. (laughs) I also like just was looking at Matt looking like he wanted it to end and like had zero interest in her talking about it. It's true. Um, What did you think of all the other girls who weren't participating who had to listen to it? I thought it was like fun. It kind of was like a camaraderie kind of thing. Like it was awkward and it like to read in front of them, but it probably was like fun to be with that many more. Cause then at that point you're technically in competition with all these women, especially on a group date. Right. And so by having all the other girls there, it made it more of like a fun, almost sorority esque type thing instead of like this competition of sexuality. You know what I mean? It Mm -hmm. kind of removed the, like who's going to be the, the sexiest person or the person that Matt's most attracted to by the end of this, because that it removed that component of it. I thought by bringing all the other women in, Mm. but Victoria seems like she went for it and she's not here to be in a sorority. No, as she's told us many times. That's true. Um, I wonder if Victoria wasn't a sorority or maybe she got like blacklisted from sororities to get in there the other day, which by the way, I saw a video of all the sororities of the girls at the season we're in uh-huh. and I would like to give a shout out. I think it's Sydney is also a fellow Kappa Delta. So Sydney, if you're listening, AOT sis, AOT throw what you know. Yeah. I just threw the Kappa Delta. Anyways. I, I saw that. Anyways. It runs deep. It does run deep. <laughs> it's forever. Yeah. Um, okay. So do you want to know who my new pick for bachelorette is? Uh, did I tell you this when we were watching yesterday? You, you did not. Should I guess? Yes. Uh, also, don't have an answer about uh, 
Matt's arousal during this whole thing. Um, <laughs> also, yesterday, Scott and I were talking about um, uh, about the Dale and Claire breakup on the phone. I called and I let him know that it happened. Mm -hmm. And he started giving me feedback, but I wanted to save it for you guys on the pod. We'll talk about it later. Um, but I literally shouted into the phone, we have to stop talking about this and save our material for the pod because we were getting too funny in our personal life. So I, we saved it for you guys. Yep. Our personal life has gone way downhill <laughs> since we started the pod. But it's not true. We're now we saved it all for you. Driving. <laughs> okay. Uh, that was to get you some time to think about who it is. Oh, who you that I want for batch. Who you want for it. Yeah. Would you like me to give you four options? Okay. I gave the people on my Instagram four options. Okay. Abigail, Katie, Bree, Serena C. Katie, Bree, or Serena C. And Abigail. Uh, Abigail would be the most fascinating to me. Um, but I don't think that's who you think. No. Um, I, and to be fair, I think all of them are great. I could make a case for all four of them so far. Uh-huh. Um, Katie had quite the glow up in this episode. Katie did have a great glow up. Uh-huh. And became kind of like just the most emotionally intelligent person we've yeah, seen. Yeah, she was in definitely really she, upset. And then uh -huh. she like was able to adjust. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think you're in love with Bree, so mm. but you were also in love with Sarah beforehand. Um, so I just based on who you are, I think you want to see Brie. I do love Brie. She uh -huh. gives me all the TLC crazy, sexy, cool vibes. Mm. I love it about her. Mm -hmm. But Brie is not my pick. No. Who is your pick? Serena C. Interesting. Serena C seems like the best hang. She was like really funny. She seems to get along with the girls. Um, we've never had, I don't think we've ever had an Asian bachelorette. Um, I don't believe so. Uh, and so that would be great. Her fashion is fire. She came in in that white cowl neck dress on the limo entrance night. Her outfits are always great. Last week she wore this, I think it was a white blazer dress with these thigh high sequin boots. And she just always looks great. She, she was wearing these really cute cohorts, like a. Oh yeah. Cohorts. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. coordinated, <laughs> um, like a matching yoga set like a sports bra and leggings whenever they were watching i think sarah fly by on the plane they all went outside she was wearing that so her style is great she seems like a great hang she gives a good interview um so serena c is my pick for yeah. bachelorette interesting you're throwing your weight behind serena i am what is her career again I don't know offhand. How dare you ask me follow-up questions? Oh my goodness. You can't I'm have Google a favorite it. I'm gonna and Google not know it. all about her. Okay, Serena's bachelor. Yeah. And I think it's an interesting pick. Um, we haven't She's a flight we attendant. Haven't, we haven't got a ton from Serena yet. Um, well, obviously, well, we haven't got a one-on-one -on -one yet. So it's, I don't feel like I have a huge grip on who she is as a person. So here's like three things about Serena C from her. Um, bio nothing makes her happier than when she puts together the perfect outfit which she's done all season yeah um, words, you know yes serena c is not a fan of birthday attention which i also get and then serena c loves through an entire bachelor watching party for your birthday well, for yeah. january well yeah because <laughs> it was that was for right. ari's premiere yes <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean I like the attention. That just means I like to celebrate things. Okay. That's um, the third point. 
Serena C loves bottomless mimosas and said her favorite food is chicken wings. Okay, so she's you. Yeah, so she seems like a great time. (laughs) Um, So I am throwing my weight behind Serena C. She's 24. She's a flight attendant, so she's a little bit young. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just love her. I think she's great. So that's my pick. Like I said, I can make a case for all four of those women, potentially more women in the future. Bachelor in Paradise always. or Well, I guess Bachelorette happens before Paradise. but That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my pick. Okay. Well, I'll be paying closer attention going forward. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. I hope she makes it like pretty far. She just seems like a good time. Okay. So then we get to the night portion of the date. Yeah. Was there a winner of this competition or anything? I don't think so. No, not really. No. No, they all got to go to the the dinner portion. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. they go to the cocktail party portion of the evening. Um, he sits with a couple of the women and talks to them. He gets to like half of the women who were on the date mm-hmm. and he's in the middle of a conversation. Yeah, so highlighted with, with him and Rachel definitely seem to have the most significant conversation. Yes. Um, and then she ends up getting the group date rose. So seems like they're on the same page. We're going to get a one-on-one there soon. I'm sure um, more from Rachel to come. Yes, for mm-hmm. sure. I think she definitely sticks around for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in the middle of his date with Katie or his conversation with Katie, mm-hmm. we as viewers see Sarah kind of starting to spiral and she like just absolutely has to talk to Matt mm-hmm. because she's like sad about being there. And if I were her, I would have like waited until maybe I saw the other girls get back or heard the other girls get back because she did have a one-on-one date already. I think the women might've felt differently if she was on the group date last week and crashed the group date this week, but she had a one-on-one date and significant time with Matt last week and then interrupted this group date. And the women were very clearly super upset. Yeah. I mean, understandable. I mean, it was just a weird, weird move. Yeah. And just seemed like an unnecessary move. Like if I were her, I would have waited till after the group date and then gone to his like house thing. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, I don't know what she gains from this and I mean I guess trying to figure it out and I remember like the the girls back at the house were like talking about like oh Sarah left like one of them was like did she look cute and it was like like did she dress up in a, like a yeah like a nightgown for that like a um yes a nightgown yes that's what we we're going for <laughs> um a dress per se less than um just going what she was wearing previously yeah um but yeah so like she wasn't trying to join the date by like um I guess going and just like being a part of everything that was going on. She was just like, I have to talk to Matt. Yeah. Why? Unclear. Unclear. And so they talk like their conversation seemed like kind of inconsequential overall. Yeah. It was. And like, like all of her actions, like in this time, it was just like, I can't wait. Like I have to go talk to this guy. And like, like I can make myself understand it from a perspective of like, my dad could be passing away mm-hmm. at, in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. And I chose to come here for Matt. And any day that I spend that I don't get to see Matt is also a day that I don't get to see my dad. Yeah. And like that, the weight of all of that is causing me to make these decisions that are not fair to the other girls and are not really fair to Matt and kind of come off as manipulative. Um, 
but they're like very desperate moves. Mm-hmm. And like, I can make myself believe that and feel like very sympathetic towards Sarah and that she is like a good person who's just like trying to handle all of mm-hmm. this, but really wants this opportunity. Um, but then I can also see like, oh, she has this secret boyfriend back home and she likes to go out with guys like g mm-hmm. and like wants to kind of have like a celebrity lifestyle. And the fact that the first date with Matt went kind of well, but she doesn't really want to like be engaged to Matt. Like she wants the notoriety of being on this show mm-hmm. and then she wants to leave. Yeah. So uh, she is just trying to kind of set herself up for a, a sympathetic exit mm-hmm. uh, and it's all an act. I can make myself believe that also. Uh, I, I just don't think know. if you go, if you go and interrupt a group date to have a conversation with Matt, you need to have like an agenda, like, because you know, the women are going to get upset and do like end it quickly. Probably your conversation with him. So if I were her, I would have shown up and been like, Hey, I'm so sorry to interrupt this. I was just having a hard day because I really, you know, and here are the points I want to get across. And I don't want to take up too much of the time because I know you want to spend time with the other women here, but I just want to let you know the headspace I'm at. But she did this like weird kind of double exit where you kind of thought like maybe that would have been her conversation where she's like, I need to go or like, but then she doesn't go then she stays and is like weirdly emo and sad about it and like trying to talk. Well, not weirdly, obviously she's like emotional, Mm -hmm. but then she like talks to the women and she's like, I just wanted you guys to know that like why I'm here. It's like, okay, well, if you wanted to do that, like maybe go do that first and then like tell them like, Hey, can I just have five minutes with Matt? I promise it'll only be five minutes. Like that's the way you do that. Well with the women, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. It just was all this weird like back and forth with her and that could just be the editing. Um, But yeah, it did make me lean toward the fact that she was being disingenuous. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think if it it were this like this challenging emotionally because of the family things that are happening, uh, like I think she would go about it differently. Yeah. I I, I hope she would. Yeah. Like the, the women did accuse her of that too. They were like, well, you should have like stopped in here first and said like, Hey, like uh, there's a lot of like family stuff back home. And like, I just need to check in with Matt and see mm-hmm. if he's like actually into me because otherwise I, I just need to go home. Well, and none and of the women knew about her dad either. No, they, which is like her, right? Like it's yeah. a private thing, but she could have said something like, Hey, there's family stuff going on. Something like that to, and then like, Hey, I'm just going to go talk to him for like two minutes and just, kind of get on the same page. Um, But she didn't do that. And then she kind of came to them kind of weirdly afterwards. And so like, I just wanted to be, I said like, I just wanted to be honest with you. And then like Victoria was like being comical about it, but also was like telling the truth being like, you didn't tell us anything. Like you didn't actually give us the reason. Yeah. So like Sarah's communication skills are at at best poor. Yeah. And I think (laughs) it kind of also brings to the surface, like, the way that trauma is treated um, like exchangeably or as like a, a commodity almost in bachelor nation. Like you have to explain your trauma and the crappy things that happened in your life to oh. the lead, but also to your peers. And she chose not to do that with the women until like after she left and Katie came back and she didn't even like say specifically 
what it was to all Katie didn't say it to all the women. She told Katie directly. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of conversation about how trauma is commodified on the show. Um, and if you don't open up that way, then you don't get a rose or like vulnerability, not just trauma, but vulnerability is treated as a commodity on the show. Um, and so the fact that she kept it from the women, I actually think like really kind of bothered the women. Um, but I also think it's not just because she wouldn't share. It's because she wasn't spending any time with them. She wasn't coming down for filming. And they're all like, listen, we have to be in this hotel lobby for 45 minutes waiting for Matt to show up or someone to drop off a card. Like we all have to do it. Just come do it with us. Like don't hide in your room. Like don't keep doing that. And obviously that becomes a theme for the rest of the episode. But um, Katie, Victoria takes uh, Sarah outside to have a conversation or Sarah's outside and Victoria follows to make sure she's okay. And then Katie comes out to take the conversation from there. And Katie's pretty upset because it was her time that got interrupted. Um, and then the other half of the women just didn't get any time with Matt either. Um, but yeah, her, her, the sheepish way she went about it with the women was like the weirdest thing for me. It was very much this like hunched over neck down, like sad girl thing that looked very performative, but that also could be because of what we know now, you know? Yes. It was hard for me not to read that as this is the posture I take to get sympathy from men and it doesn't work on women. Mm -hmm. That's a, I don't know. That feels like a mean way of reading it, but that's how it came across Yeah. on TV. Um, and I, I mean, I hope that's not true, but it did kind of seem like she was doing that with Matt too. Like yeah. uh, even later on, she's like always breathing really heavy. Like this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah, there was a lot of sigh work happening. Yeah. And like, I've just been praying and I feel called to go home. Mm-hmm. And like, I want to read that in like the most positive light and be like, Oh, she really does just need to go be with her dad. Yeah. But it just, it really did come off as performative. And maybe it was, I hope it wasn't. But, yeah. But coming away, walking away from that episode, I was just like, oh, I'm really out on Sarah. Yeah. I don't want to be, but that, it just didn't seem like she handled herself well. And it seemed like she was trying to manipulate Matt. Yeah. Uh, either into just saying like, hey, please go home. Or like, just like getting on his knees and begging her to stay. Which is so funny because what mm-hmm. did I say last week? We're getting set up for a Sarah exits because of her dad. Mm-hmm. You did? Thanks. Nailed it, lady. I should be a producer. <laughs> you are of your own podcast. I want to be a producer. <laughs> it's a song from the musical The Producers. The Producers, yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, okay. That's <laughs> enough about Sarah. Okay. Enough about the group date. And then we get into Serena's. It's Serena's time. Serena now, P's as Victoria date. told us. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so even Sarah like is in her room, doesn't come down for filming. Matt goes up to talk to her for like five minutes, and he comes back down, and he like kind of apologizes, but also says like I would do that for any of you, which I mm-hmm. thought was a really good thing to say. So, um, he's he's just a good dude, man. He I, is. He's I doing a good I, job. Yeah, he seems like he is. Yeah. And then the girls, like you said, Victoria says it's Serena's time. Like you guys go have your date, basically, mm-hmm. and the women are really excited for Serena. So. Yeah. Um, I was excited for her too. I know. She's adorable. She is really adorable. Yeah. Um, and then Matt is like learning how to be the lead. Like he's trying to like as the date is like 
they're kind of walking out to where they're going to be. They're going to get on these horses and do their date. And like, you can tell he's learning how to narrate as the lead. Mm -hmm. And it's, it sounded very much like the only narration he's ever listened to is like on sports center. Yeah. Because he's talking about Serena and he said, you know, it's like play by play. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you know, like we're, yeah, it was like very play by play. And then he was like giving like a scouting report. And he's like, I just like, I like her. She's caught my attention. And you know, like what she lacks in size, she makes up for in personality. It's was like an a scouting actu- report. It was an actual thing he said. <laughs> like it sounded like he was at the NBA draft, like trying to assess her qualities. And it was just like, Matt, just, yeah, so just, we, just talk to the camera. Just be honest. Yeah, like what you think, <laughs> you what you feel. You don't have to be Joe Buck out here. Yeah. Um, but they go and like are hanging out just like with all these donkeys. Yeah. Like bizarre date. It was, it did make me want to go hang out with some donkeys. They seemed like a good time. Yeah. They seem like a little bit too much in your business. Oh yeah. That's why I liked them. Yeah. They were fun. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I feel like they don't talk about a ton during the day portion of their date. Yeah. It didn't really come up till later. Uh, or at least like they didn't get into a lot more personal stuff till yeah. later. So if I'm not mistaken, Serena P is 23. She's the one that moved to Toronto. She did. Um, and she has been in one serious relationship. Um, she says she tells him during the evening portion of their date. Yeah. They were kind of going through like, how many exes have you had? Have you ever been in love before? And Matt kind of has this, rather profound thought about, you know, I thought I was in love with this person. And like, as I've gotten older, I've kind of realized that that wasn't really what love was. And now I'm kind of looking for something different and just kind of the way he's matured in his thinking there. And Serena, like, I thought this was her worst look. I thought she came off very much like a 22 year old and was just like, Oh yeah, I've had one big relationship. I was very in love. I know exactly what I love thought is. it was the one. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh yeah. I think I, it's hard to know in the moment that you are that when you are that. And oh yeah, because she's such like a confident, like strong personality. Like, yeah, she's very confident and very poised and like carries yeah. herself really well, I think. But I don't know, but her like um I don't know, her understanding of relationships came off as immature to me. Yeah. Um but I still enjoyed her and like, she seemed like a good time, but I didn't, didn't seem like she was quite ready for this to me. Um, I mean, maybe not at the end of the day. So I said she was 23. She might be now she's 22 according to her bio. Um, so she is really young, um, but she looks stunning on their date. It seemed like they had really good rapport with one another. Like it was very natural feeling. I liked that a lot. Um, it just felt like they really, like it wasn't forced at all. It was supernatural. Definitely. Yeah. They like, they clearly have a good chemistry and like maybe it could develop into something. That was just my kind of critique of her understanding of relationships. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just a last couple things. I did forget that Matt talked about having a pet turtle. I was going to, I was going to mention this and I just like couldn't get the I like turtles meme out of my head from there on out. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, who doesn't like turtles? Like everybody likes turtles. But as a, as she, a person who would like to be a parent in the future, my children will never get turtles because they live forever. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to take care of it that long. That's Because I don't have the same, like if a dog lived forever, I'd be like, okay. Because mm-hmm. I would love to love a dog forever. 
that's a hint to get mm-hmm. me a dog. Mm-hmm. But a turtle, I don't have the same emotional attachment to for eternity. Interesting. I didn't know you knew this much about turtles and their lifespans. And Turtles do live forever. Yeah. I did want to get Matt's. We didn't get his the name of his turtle, no. which was sad. And I haven't um, seen it floating around the internet yet. No, so. and then she hated on it, which I didn't enjoy. Oh, I What's, did. What's wrong with like, turtles? Down. Or what does it say about someone who owns a turtle? Is that is that a red flag? I just feel like turtle kids are weird kids. But if you're if you're listening That's to this, just it's, the one, it's just because the one kid, the meme of the kid who likes turtles, has ruined it for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Bad brand for turtles. Turtles needed a rebrand. They recruited Matt James. Gotcha. What are the chances his turtle was named after one of the four Mutant Ninja Turtles? Oh, probably high. I can see that from him. Also, in his swimsuit in the hot tub was had turtles on it. Did it? That's hysterical. Which I enjoyed. I loved that. Yeah. Um, Okay. And then that's it for my date with him and Serena. I like them together. I think she's going to make it far. I think she's a top. I agree. Yeah, she's person. Yeah, she was playful. She was thoughtful, and she was just really confident in who she was. I I enjoyed her a lot, but she did make fun of Matt for never having made his own charcuterie board before. And you are someone who is very passionate about a good charcuterie, I do board. Love charcuterie board. You introduced it to one of my friends when we were down in Texas. He had never had one mm-hmm. um, when we were at the Salty Sow in Austin. Great, which was love a it there. Wonderful dinner. Um, but so what were your thoughts on Matt's uh, Matt's skills? He then posted on Twitter his own first attempt at a charcuterie board, which yeah. was clearly a joke, but it was like. So he put like pepperoni <laughs> in a heart shape around some cheese, which was really funny. I liked the creativity of the heart shape. Mm-hmm. But I think when you look at a charcuterie board, they always look best when they're like packed and like beautiful and like look really bountiful. Mm. His looked rather sparing. And so I would have liked to see maybe some deeper, um, you know, thought put into it. I do have a whole highlight on my Instagram. You can find me there. I'll have Scott link it in the show notes. Um, A whole highlight of how to make a great charcuterie board and a few tips for me. Um, But I thought Matt did okay. Maybe should I make you make a charcuterie board? And see how you do compared to Matt. Oh, I would dominate Matt in this. Okay. He's still better at Peloton than me, but I'm getting closer. Fair. Uh, but I'm way ahead on charcuterie boards for sure. Yeah. You do have an advantage of living with a woman who loves a charcuterie board. It's true. So, but yes, Matt did, did pretty good. Okay. Now I have an observation. All right. Hit me with it. You always know when Victoria's had too much to drink in her interviews, ITMs. Is it because it's all the time? No. Okay. Scoot, shady scoot. (laughs) Um, No, because she starts speaking with like a thick, I think it's like a northern like Boston or New York type accent. Okay. When she drinks in some of her interviews, but not in all of them. Hmm. So I feel like you can tell if she's tipsy. So everybody be on the lookout. I think you'll be able to tell if she's tipsy if she busts out like a northerner accent. Like northeast? Is that what we're going for? Yeah, but now we're not I'm talking thinking, Minnesotan. Here. Yeah, now I'm thinking, is it Minnesota? <laughs> I just, I really couldn't place it. Okay. But I just knew it was different than, than when her she, regular voice. Yes. Okay. So be on the lookout. I'll pay close attention. Try to identify the geography of this accent <laughs> next week. 
But was, I just wanted to point it was out. Was this all part of her just flexing her acting chops? I mean, maybe she can mm-hmm. put it on her resume. Miscellaneous accents, unverified location. I like it. Um, Is she going to try out a British one and just start using like Love Island uh, (laughs) commentary? I just wish. (laughs) Um, Also, Victoria's not adjusting to the Pittsburgh weather well. She's looking really tired. Oh, yeah. And I know I spoke about the requirement of a vitamin D routine for these women adjusting from their sunny places that they live in coming to Pennsylvania. It's important. And in the fall, which actually we had like a pretty nice fall, but... They really needed to provide maybe some IVs of B12 and vitamin D for these ladies. Gotcha. I'm Those, sure they have it stocked at Nemecolon. Yeah. Lots of IVs. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. Any other thoughts? That's all. That's the end of my notes. Yeah, I think that's kind of it. And um, where did we end off on this episode? Um. So Sarah has a conversation with Katie Katie reveals that she lost her dad and says to Sarah, like, if you want to go be with your dad, nobody will blame you. Mm -hmm. Like cherish every minute with him. So good looks for Katie this week, which at first the edit was like kind of making her look insensitive to Sarah and like mean, but also defending like wanting time with Matt. But then by the end of the episode, she had this really redeeming arc. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the women didn't get great looks this week. Like Kip, was saying she like some mean stuff about Sarah. So was MJ. I I point them out specifically because they both apologized on the internet this week on their Mm. Instagram stories. Like obviously they didn't know what was going on with Sarah's family at the time. And so they said like, you know, we didn't know otherwise like we we maybe would have reacted differently, which is fair. I think we all would have in the same situation. Um, I mean, you can only really act on the information you have at the time. Mm-hmm. And, but it shows character that they would follow up with an apology. Like yeah, that. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they sit down and like, I think that's the end of the episode. Um, yeah, is much. Sarah going to talk to Matt? Matt having her go home. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of tired of talking about Sarah this episode. So I think that's it. And then we get a preview for next week where they bring in five more women. It's wild. Um, so we know it's five. Oh, you probably know. I think it's five. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, so here's what I think is that they were going to start introducing this trope of bringing in five people mid season last season because it was episode right before the third rose ceremony that they brought that Claire left and Tasha came in. Yes. And so I think they were going to introduce this trope, but because of the bachelorette switcheroo, it just looked like they brought in five people for Tasha. Oh, okay. And because all men had already been sent home. And so I think this was always part of the plan, but it just looked different last season. I think we might see this become a, a more consistent thing. Okay. I believe it. And it went okay last season. Um, yeah, Spencer got the first impression rose. Tasha's first night. Um, I don't know if they'll do a first impression rose again like that. Um, and I feel like you should. Just, Noah it, stayed for a while. It, it adds some drama and it yeah. like, adds some animosity between the the OG girls and the new girls. Or, True, um, which we saw with Noah. Yeah, and then it kind of was an interesting arc for Spencer too, because it was like, oh, he came in and was like really handsome and charming, but. Didn't have a lot of substance, clearly. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. That's always interesting to see yeah. the trajectory of that. And then we get a conversation between Anna and Victoria where Anna implies one of these women is perchance 
an escort, entertaining men for money, I think is that the is language she used. Very serious accusation. Very serious accusation. I wouldn't want to be the one bringing it up on the show. Do you think it's about a woman who's already there or a new woman who's coming on? So her and Kylie are both from Chicago. Okay. And she said, like, I've heard it around town that she is this. And so it made me think maybe her. Okay. Um, but why would she hang on to that for so long? So then maybe it's a new woman woman that also comes in either from like her hometown or Chicago that she feels that way about. I don't know for sure. Jeez. Um so we'll see what happens with that. We'll have five new women to talk about uh, next week. The only other thing we have to talk about, there were two Bachelor Nation breakups yesterday. So we had um, the Listen to Your Heart winners, Chris and Bree, break up. That definitely got buried by the other news. I mean, that one is more significant to me personally because they were adorable. They were adorable. They were sweet. I didn't mind Clarendale, but I didn't feel like I knew them well, as well. Actually, Chris and Bree, weird connection there. Chris and Bree sang to Dale and Claire the night of their one-on-one when oh, that's Claire true. was going to quit the whole thing. So, Oh, now I'm bummed for everyone. Yeah. And Claire and Dale broke up. So um, Dale, po- there had been a lot of speculation online this week um, with some people um, from Dale's family unfollowing Claire. Claire and Dale both posting cryptic things on the internet. And... Um, Dale finally confirmed yesterday in a post on his story and on his feed that said, like, we've parted ways. Oh, so we, Claire didn't make a make Claire a post. has not made a post or talked about it at all. The tabloids say Claire's devastated and wants to try to find a way to make it work, but Dale doesn't. Dale wants to be in a big city, um, and Claire obviously wants to stay in Sacramento to be near her mom, um, mm. who has – is it – Dementia or I forget what her, her uh, mom is sick. I, actually, I, just, I don't know. I yeah. forget what it is. Um, so she wants to stay there. So they were having a hard time figuring out where they were going to be um, and how that was going to work. There also have been a lot of rumors flying about Dale being seen with other women um, on Dumois, which is like a very unverified um, people just leave tips for this person. They post them. Um, and then a lot of people thought that Dale just wanted to become a reality TV personality um, or just a TV personality period. And so this was his entrance into that. So was he um, chasing fame or what? Um, So yeah, they broke up and um, Danny Pellegrino who posts, uh, who hosts one of my favorite podcasts, usually about uh, Bravo, but he started watching Claire's season of The Bachelorette, he was supposed to interview them in November. And then the day before the interview, they sent him an email and said, not they, but management did, like they would have to revisit the interview eventually. So Danny thinks that they broke up potentially back in November. Oh, wow. Or we're like Uh, definitely in a rocky patch. So that's a bummer. I had my doubts about Dale from the beginning. I was hopeful for Claire. I just like really wanted Claire. I've been a Claire apologist this whole time. I know. Like she wasn't the best bachelorette, but she's been, she's been trying this for so long. Like you want her to have her happily ever after. Yeah. And not wait around for men like that, as we heard many times. Um, But yeah, Dale. It also is just like very typical Claire to like, 
throw it all away for like one thing and then that thing to like not work out <laughs> like just make sad. a really dramatic over the top decision to do something and then but i don't know if you watch their like tiktok videos and instagram videos and even their interviews together they didn't have like a good rhythm and cadence to their communication hmm. like even when they did their sit down with um with chris it was like all very awkward she was talking over him it was always kind of like a all about like making babies too. Yeah. It was, I don't know. There was a, there was a lot and it, yeah, it was hard to tell if it was what they both wanted. Like you kind of assume it was because yeah. they both kind of jumped into it so fast. And there's speculation figured, that he maybe like felt pressured, in, which he probably did, felt pressured into it by the show and the producers and her and. Could be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you think he books a ticket to Stagecoach first or to Bachelor in Paradise first? <laughs> I don't know. I I would be shocked if he's on this season of Bachelor in Paradise, but I bet you we see him next season. Oh, okay. Comes I back think this season is too arc. soon he'll look like a jerk. Right. He's got to protect the image. Yeah. <laughs> Even though there's a lot of incredible women on this season, so maybe he will. Like Matt James has a great crop of women. Mm. Who would you like to see Dale with from this Group. Who do you Dale think he's a his, good fit? In his like Don Draper, like casual wear on the beach, his <laughs> yeah. like weird polos. Um, who do I want to see Dale with? I don't know. I don't feel like I, I know. know Dale. I know like I feel like I know the guys from Tasha's season pretty well, or yeah. the guys who stayed through Claire's into Tasha's. But um, I, I just wasn't watching the first couple episodes as closely with yeah. Dale. I, I don't really know what he's all about. No, I don't uh, either. So we'll see. We'll think on it. Yeah. Chris and Bree, are they coming to Bachelor in Paradise? I don't know. Rudy said she would. Rudy. Which I'd love. Wow. It, it would probably be hard for her, though, because she doesn't have pre-existing relationships unless they brought other people from Listen to Your Heart on. Um, so Why it's not, not like she would have any friends or allies, and it could be very like alienating for her, but I'd love to see her there. Or is the Bachelorette? Oh, wow. Rudy for Bachelorette. That would be, it came in, out of that my mouth as fast as I thought it. Oh wow! I know. Rudy or Rudy or Serena, pick one. I don't know. I need to see more of Serena first. Give me some time. All right, Rudy, hands down, obviously. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, another week, another episode down. Closer to finding out who Matt's F one is. Sorry, what? Final one, <laughs> final rose. Um, but. Is that a thing we're calling it? It's F1? Reddit. It's Reddit lingo. Okay, we got to take away your smartphone. But don't forget to email us, goodpeoplebadtv at gmail.com. Your questions and thoughts. Don't forget to review and rate us um, whatever you feel is a fair rating. Five stars only. <laughs> on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, and we're going to go eat the rest of our takeout and watch the challenge. What a night. What a night. And then we're going to record that podcast. Just hardworking people. Ambitious, hardworking, multi-hyphenates. Good. Good people, bad TV. See you next week.